When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sounds Hello and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm your host for tonight, Celtics J, holding down that U.S. side of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. And I'm joined tonight by a phenomenal co-host and OC poster with the moster, Wayne Spoonie. Spoons, how you feeling, brother? Good, Jay, man. How you doing? And shout out to Brad Stevens, the content king, man. Can you believe we're doing two podcasts a week during the offseason? Listen, he's helping us keep things fresh, keeping it lively. That man is staying busy. Uh, I was not concerned with whether he was going to keep himself busy. Like I think we knew that from the jump. So let's let's talk about the very first thing that I think is relevant since the last time the, the guys uh, recorded. Shout out to, to Ben and Jackson for being on the pod right after Marcus Smart signing. Um, and we'll get a chance to reflect on that ourselves a little bit. But let's start with the newest of news, which is Robert Williams' contract. Man just got re-upped four years. 54 million. Uh, I'm loving that deal. I'm loving those numbers. Uh, user Booya81 in the Reddit forum, as a response, shouted out saying, Choosing to look at this optimistically, this could be a massive steal. And that was later followed up by user Robert F, or rather, Robbie F21. Even if the injuries persist, that's really not an awful contract. I think it's easily easily worth the gamble because like you said this could be a huge steal if he keeps developing so i'm a big fan of this for a multitude of reasons not even the least of which being the numbers i think it's a nice number for rob given what he's shown so far given some of the risks health wise injury wise i agree with both of these commenters uh and and folks in the sub as well as many others who are saying given this guy's potential and what he's shown us both in regular season glimpses and what we saw as a glimpse in that playoff series against the Nets this guy's got the potential to be elite he's got the potential to be elite and there's no reason not to lock this guy up if you can the question has not been about whether he is worth that on the merit of his potential but whether he's worth that in consideration to his injury history and staying on the court so I'm liking the number. I think, you know, like both of these commenters are kind of insinuating as well, regardless of whether he does maintain that health, this number I think is soft enough on the cap. I think it's only around 10%. I saw some other posters putting yep, up in the, yep. in the sub, Almost it's only exactly. about 10% of the, of the cap. That's a tradable contract. If all comes down to, cause the potential is not going away and he's only what? 23, 24, 23, about, I think. Yeah. yeah. He might've turned 24, but so this guy's going to be just diving into his prime by the time this contract's up. So year one, year two of this contract, if things aren't working out, there's going to be a a team willing to take a swing on a guy like this, unless there's just like a a cataclysmic injury, right? Like he has just a devastating leg injury or something. And that really calls into question a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if that's out of the question though. I mean, he really battles with injuries a lot what i think is particularly interesting and it's unlike any extension i can really remember the celtics doing is that this this deal feels like it's either going to be horrible right it's you know we're going to get almost no value because he's just going to be so bogged down by injuries or it's going to be one of the best steals in the nba because he's going to get healthy or at least if he gives us a shift like he did last year kind of in and out um 
but the, when he's playing the productions there he's probably worth 13 million dollars a year about uh but i mean if he gets healthy man even if he doesn't get any better he's well worth he's worth well more than 13 million and he's young he's gonna get better if he stays healthy so i think when you're evaluating the risk reward of this i think it's a home run deal i mean i was shocked i thought rob was gonna really bet on himself uh, and see if he could stay healthy and put together a full season and see if he could get something closer to Jared Allen, who I think got five for 100. And Jared's a nice player, but he's not, you know, a star. He probably will never make an all-star game. I think if Rob puts it together, if he's throwing, you know, 13, 10, and four assists, I mean, that is borderline. That's close to what Bam does, you know, and he's made all-star games. So, I love the contract. I think it's a great risk. And I think to your point, Jay, you're absolutely right. Even if it is a catastrophe, even if his, both his legs explode over, overnight or something crazy, right? We can, we can call up Oklahoma City and dump it or somebody will take a risk, uh, take a chance on, yeah, maybe we can rehab this guy. We're getting a, you know, a couple seconds to take him into our cap space and see what we got. So, I, I again, I mean, Brad is almost undefeated this off season in my opinion this is a great deal and i'm i'm liking this one of the other layers to this that i like in the way that brad is so far doing business is danny had a tendency of of having staring contests with players agents definitely and i get it from sort of his mentality right like he's a competitive guy on every level he's competitive on the basketball court as a player he's competitive he was competitive as a coach as an executive is no different and whether he was competing with other gms across the league or other executives um or with individual agents because i remember marcus smart's original extension like that was a that was a standoff they sent marcus out into the market and said you let us know what you get Right. Yeah. And so then we got him on sort of a reduced price when reality set in for him a little bit. But at the same time, that ends up sending a certain message to the players, too. And so you got to be careful how you ex- I think you need to be careful, especially in the modern NBA now, in how you navigate those waters. I think there's times when that makes sense. I think one case in point is a gentleman that's now on our squad with uh, with Dennis Schroeder. Right. This is a guy who you <laughs> learned the hard way. <laughs> right. You know, like you, you just gambled and lost. And, and essentially, Marcus almost ran into that same issue. Only when he came back, we still made good on what we originally offered. And that's yeah. the difference between L.A. Shout out to any players looking to go to contenders. L.A. does players like that. We still, you know, here in Boston, we still we'll have it. True yeah. to, we'll give you that yeah. original offer. You know, you Make come note. back. We got that. Yeah. Just putting that into the space. You know, yeah. I just want that to be out there. But Brad has taken a different approach. Brad is just coming to the table and saying, here, I want to lock you up. This is what I'm willing to throw on the table. Where do we need to get to? And so long as it's not going. I mean, these are good numbers for both these guys. Yeah. You look, Rozier, Rozier just got what? 97 for yeah, four? Yeah, 100 million. Yeah. That man's getting 25 per. Yeah. Like, are you yeah. kidding? So we got Rob Williams and Marcus Smart. For about 30 Each, total. For, for you know, yeah, almost total, barely over what that one guy is made. And I wouldn't yeah. trade either one of them individually for Terry Rozier. I love Terry. This is a good player. He played hard for us. No joke. But I wouldn't trade either one of those guys straight up for him. So I'm loving these deals. Yeah. And I, and I like doing them the way that he did and, and nailing this before they entered the market because I think it sends a clearer message to them. Although it's probably also worth noting. And someone in the sub has done it um, already. Uh, but the timing here is also suggesting that both of these guys then before the trade deadline passes, they're going to be viable as trade commodities as well. So we have to accept and understand that that reality. Yeah, and I think you hit on a really interesting point about Ainge. I think Ainge only extended two guys on rookie contracts other than Tatum and Brown. And I think it was smart. Actually, I'm not even sure he did give Smart a rookie extension. He might have let him go to restricted free agency. I can't remember. And Rondo. I mean, Ainge would have never extended Rob on a rookie extension. Uh, He just wasn't how he did business. And I think we underestimate how much power agents have around the league and how much they dictate sort of this new wave of player movement and how... If you do a favor for a guy, I mean, it's going to come back and help. And I think Ainge had really kind of worn out his welcome with a lot of agents just for that exact reason. You know, it's staring contests. I mean, I would not want to negotiate against Danny Ainge. That was probably awful, right? (laughs) And I think Brad is just kind of like, look, this is a fair deal. Let's get it done. 
no BS. He just goes and, and makes things happen. And I, I think I think that bodes well for kind of the new culture uh, in, in the new NBA. And I think Ainge was an amazing GM, but, you know, maybe it was time for him to move on. And, Bra- and Brad, each step of the way, keeps, I feel like, expressing that he is really well built for this kind of role on a team. I- I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. It's still the honeymoon period. And I'm willing to acknowledge right. that. Um, but that being said, I remember I remember the vibe. Right. I, so in, in full transparency, as far as my fanhood with the Celtics, it is completely emotionally based. I'm like the slumdog millionaire for Celtic fandom where like everything I know and can recall about the Celtics is attached to emotional memories throughout my life. Right. Yeah. So I remember the vibe when we re-signed Marcus. And it's like you said, we, we kind of sent him out into the marketplace and said, you let us know what you come back with, because we're giving you this number and that's where we're at. And you're feeling like you should be at this number and we're just not feeling that. And he came back, but there was still kind of a, there was like a little bit of an edge to it, right? And like right now we've got Brad using edge and grit in these positive ways, but then this, that edginess was coming from Smart in like a defensive way. Like Marcus Smart's a guy that wants to feel wanted yeah, because no he doubt. gives so much of himself on the court. Yeah. So the fact that we handled this before it got back to that point, Marcus released uh, or had a quote come out. And so he said, quote, there's nowhere else I'd rather play and no other fans I'd rather play in front of. I love Boston and Boston loves me. We had some great moments and success in my time here, but there's more to accomplish. End quote. Goosebumps, baby. I'm warm and fuzzies all over. Yeah. <laughs> and like you, can, you only tap into that kind of Marcus energy, that genuine, when you take care of this thing before, send, before you, you, know, you have the opportunity to sort of like push him out into the market and say, come back and you know we'll give you we'll either match the best you can get or it's it's saying no we want you here we want you as our starting point guard we want this to be your time to finally shine like it just feels like giving him a vote of confidence that a player like him that's so emotionally driven i just feel like it sets him up for a really great opportunity to exploit and and demonstrate that as i'm going to try to argue here he can be will be the third star on a championship winning team, or at least championship competing team. Uh, uh, so I'm, are we moving into that portion of the show? Oh, we uh, we got to get here. into this, baby. Right, I'm ready let's to do go. It. No, I've, I've got, I've got some. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just to set the table a little bit, uh, I just want it on the record. I absolutely love Marcus Smart. I absolutely love the extension, but I do completely disagree that he can be your third sort of star on a championship team. Jay, please, the floor is yours. Little, I just little, wanted that to be known. <laughs> Lil Red 13, the Hive is under attack, but but Celtics Jay is here to defend the Hive. All right. So, listen, a couple of folks have come out in the last couple of weeks and actually spoke a little bit to this. There's, there's been some posters that have gotten into it. A lot of people are reflecting on Marcus in comparison to some other players. I want to look at three particular cases specifically that are relatively recent because I think we get a distorted image in our head of what that third star is and the role that they play on a championship winning team. I think when we reflect backwards, if we had looked just last year at the Milwaukee Bucks and and asked the question seriously and earnestly of each other, is Drew Holiday the ga- you know the game changing third star for the Milwaukee Bucks that's going to take them over the edge? Like he might have been like eh, maybe right, but he, he's, he's a not huge a, upgrade on Bledsoe. I mean, huge upgrade on Bledsoe, sure. But like no one was saying, oh, this is the difference maker. This is like adding, you know, James Harden to Kyrie and KD. No one was talking sure. like that same kind of dynamic, right? So I looked at three particular cases of third stars on championship winning teams, and one of them was in fact Drew Holiday, right? So Me last too. year, Drew Holiday. All right, 17.7 points on 39% three-point shooting, 50% field goal shooting, about 2.3 free throws, 78% free throw percentage, four and a half boards, six assists, one and a half steals, half a block, two turnovers. All right, so in comparison to Smart, who wasn't playing, you know, the the same kind of role, right? Dude was bouncing all over the place. Um... But 13 points to the 17, right? 
39.8% field goal percentage. That's uh, bad. That's bad, right? So <laughs> yeah, he's not that's dude's bad. Not, and he's not as efficient like getting to and finishing at the rim as Drew Holiday is demonstrating no, to be. No, he's not. Significantly lesser as a three-point shooter, right? But rebounds, three and a half rebounds, 5.7 assists, one and a half steals, uh, half a block, uh, and then a true shooting percentage of like 53.9, which, you know, his, his free throw percentage helps a lot for his, his true shooting percentage, it would seem like. And, and a, he's a, pretty, a big mixture ahead. of his shots are threes, which really right. helps. Even if you shoot him at 33%, that's equivalent to a two at 50%. So that Here's what I want to point out, though, and this is what I think is is the most supportive to my to my vibe on this. I know where you're going already. Please look at look at the playoff numbers yeah, and how I, they changed. Because his it. role changed, his role changed, and he went from being the third or fourth option to essentially being the second option, right? And so, as that second option, the only other guy really being effective in any game you know, say for Jason Tatum, 17, 17.8 points a game on 43.9% shooting. So still not like up towards that 50, but That's much more respectable. For a guard. That's fine for a guard. Three point percentage up to 37%. Free throws go up to 4.2. Free throw percentage came down a little bit. So that was back at 71 and a half. Rebounds, yep, rebounds went back up to four and a half. Assists went up to six. Uh, steals at one blocks went down to like 0.2, but the true shooting percentage went up to 59. Like this dude, when put into that consistent role, now that is his second option. That's without Jalen Brown on the court, right? That's without a legit second option. And with Fournier really struggling to play any kind of consistent viable, like, you know, he was getting some buckets here and there, but there was nothing that was consistently effective for Fournier in that series. True. I feel like we got a glimpse of what you can expect from a Marcus Smart that has a very clear and focused role. Just to compare it to a couple two other cases real quick. Um I like the the Kyle Lowry comparison for the 1819 Raptors. A lot of people consider him the second option, but that particular season including the postseason, I mean it was Kawhi, it was Siakam, and then it was it was Lowry. Lowry was that third guy that kind of took a sort of an individualized step back to support the success of the team. That particular year, he went and averaged 14 points a game on 41% shooting, 34% from three, uh, 4.8 rebounds, 8.7 assists, just about a steal and a half, half a block on 56% true shooting. And then when he got into the playoffs, 15 points, 43% field goals, 35 from three. Uh, we got 4.9 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.3 blocks, insignificant there. Um, true shooting percentage in the playoffs, 57.6. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers, and that's not great for like the radio stuff. So when we, po- when we post this in the sub, I'm going to put all this in a, like a spreadsheet format. People can see it cleanly. But that's a pretty solid comparison for what you'd expect. Now, that was Kyle Lowry playing down a little bit to support the success of the team. What I'm looking at is Smart playing up to support the success of the team. And I don't think it's outside of reason because the numbers that we're seeing here are numbers that he can hit kind of in his sleep as not even a featured player in the, in the rotation. But the one I like the most might surprise. I, I don't, I'll be surprised if you predict what my, my third case was to support this. Because this is the player I think most reflects who Marcus so, Smart is as a player, even though so, they don't play the same position. So far, I want you to know we are two for two. Those are both the guys I was going to talk about. I kid you not. Okay. Please. Go ahead. Go ahead. So the third guy I got and the comparison I think most closely resembles what we have in Marcus Smart, regardless of the fact they play different positions, the 14-15 Draymond Green. So that was the championship Golden State Warriors before KD joined the fray. That Draymond Green averaged 11.7 points on 44% field goals, 33% from three, uh, 6.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 
1.6 steals, 1.3 blocks, true shooting percentage 54. And most of that stayed pretty consistent in the playoffs, except the shooting percentages came down and the true shooting percentage went down. So in each of these cases, most of their effectiveness and efficiencies go down in the playoffs a little bit because they're more focused on, right? Marcus Smart goes up. I'm just pointing that out, too. Like, that's one difference I'm noticing in Smart. Smart seems to play up to the moment. Now, none of these guys really played down because they still were key contributors to their team's winning championships, and their numbers are more reflective of the fact that they played, obviously, longer in the playoffs than Marcus did last year. If, you know, you maybe you looked a little deeper into Marcus's, uh, or maybe you didn't. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But I know that Marcus had limited games last year in the playoffs. That's fair. And the guys that I'm referencing went all the way to the finals, and so those numbers are just going to look different. And I want to I want to acknowledge that that is, you know, a yeah. clear case against me. But I think the problem I have is so many people talk Marcus Smart out of this equation as a third star or a potential third star because they just don't think that he can like have the numbers to back it up. And I'm saying, if you look at these cases, he's already got the numbers to back it up. But not only does he have the numbers to back it up, this man has got the fire in his belly to back it up, right? Like, this man is A... Hungry, starving, famished. All he wants is to win. And all he wants is to win in Boston and be that guy. So, like, he's got the narrative, he's got the stats, and he's still got room to improve. And I'm excited to see that improvement with with a refined and refocused role on this team, the support of a coaching and executive staff that's, that's demonstrated both, I would imagine, personally in person, but also through the media that they're supporting this guy in this role. Like this is the first time in Marcus Smart's career that he has had undeniable support as a starting feature player on this on this team. And I just don't see that as an opportunity that he takes very lightly. I think that man's going to come out and be on fire. Um I don't think he's going to come out and average 20 points, but I think he'll be the third leading scorer on this team this year. I think he's going to lead this team in assists. He's probably going to be the most likely to get triple doubles. Um, but I don't think he will because I think there's just going to be so much there's going to be so much to spread, right? Cuz everyone's a everyone's kind of an effective playmaker at both points, especially with Rob in that lineup. So, I digress a little bit. Those are the three cases that I wanted to bring up that I thought were the most relevant cuz those were three championship winning teams that didn't have like the the super super teams, right? It wasn't like KD yeah. and, you know, four, three Clay other guys. Yeah, right. Sure. These these were, you know, the Warriors, in their case, were three homegrown stars, just like our three homegrown stars. So, again, I think that is the best sort of like comparison that I enjoy looking at. Sure. Uh, I, I believe not only is it possible, because anything is possible, <laughs> but I also think that it's necessary. Okay. Uh, first of all, <laughs> a lot of great points. That was awesome. I will say that... If you said Smart has a lot of room to improve, I mean, if he substantially improves, I will lose this argument because then we're talking about a different player. I'm talking about the player that exists that we know of right now, right? Yep. I mean, if Smart gets better, and I do think he's going to have a phenomenal year, uh, but I don't think it'll be to the point where it's so much better he's a different player. I just think he will play to his strengths a little bit better. And maybe that'll be enough. But... Uh, so let me run through this a little bit. Here's one thing that we kind of walked over with Drew Holiday. He's a great player. He's actually pretty similar to pl- uh, similar players. Smart. I think Drew's a little bit better. Drew averaged nine assists in the playoffs. That tells me he is consistently getting to the paint and making plays for others in the most high le- leverage, biggest spots. Smart has never come close to nine assists in the playoffs. And Drew shot like crap, but he made up for it by still being just devilishly attacking the rim and making plays for others. And Smart can do that, but I don't think he can do it where he's playing against the very best teams and dishing out almost 10 assists a game. All right, so I think that's a big difference between Smart and Drew and that's Drew shooting like his all-time worst, which is 48%, 48.2 true shooting in those playoffs. 
Smart's averaged that for full seasons before, and that is Drew's worst ever. <laughs> All right, so I, I think that also you got to look at Drew. He was barely good enough as the third star to beat Kevin Durant essentially playing by himself. So in an all-time lucky playoff run, he was barely good enough. So if we're hoping Smart gets to Drew, I'm not sure that's ever going to be good enough again. It might be, but we're relying on tons of luck. All right, so that's my Drew argument. Lowry, you said. Lowry took a step back and averaged 43, 35, uh, I think 6.6 assists in the playoffs, right? That would be one of the best seasons. That would be the best season of Marcus Smart's life by far. And it would be his second best playoff run. So Lowry took a step back, controlled the game. I mean, if you watch that team, Lowry was completely in control. I actually do think he was the second star, but I understand the argument. He's much more comparable to Smart than Pascal. So I think it makes more sense to compare them, but Lowry absolutely bossed that team for on both ends. And if Smart can get to Lowry taking his foot off the gas level, it's still better than he's ever been. <laughs> so, and he may, he may get there. Um, but I, I just think Lowry's a, a better player. And Lowry was not that good when he was Smart's age. So there's absolutely a chance he can get there. But if we're looking at Smart from last season and the season before, I think that version of Lowry is just better flat out and i don't think it's you you know i just don't think smarts at that level so that's why i don't think he could be the third star so in the draymond thing smarts a better offensive player than draymond absolutely no doubt but draymond is probably if not one of the most unique defensive players ever smarts an amazing defensive player first team all defense he is not a rim protector draymond is so switchable which is super valuable, but he also protects the rim. You know what I just heard you say? What's Draymond that? is four inches taller than Marcus Smart. That's all I just heard. <laughs> that's the big four inches. That's like a that's like two positions. That's the difference between Smart guarding up a guy who's six eight and Smart mm-hmm. being able to consistently protect the rim and not have to play with a center. And that is what that team did. I mean, that was the death lineup with Draymond at center and Harrison Barnes and Clay, Stephanie, Godala. I mean, if you replace Smart with Draymond, they cannot run that lineup because Correct. they do not have a center. They don't have a rim protector. So I don't think Draymond, Draymond, first of all, is one of the most unique and weirdest players ever. He would be useless if he wasn't playing with Clay and Steph. Correct. But their particular skills made him that valuable. So. I, I'm not sure he's a useful comparison when we're talking about Smart being our third star. Here's where I think you just helped me out, though. Right? Okay. Because what we're noted, what are we, what are we pointing out with each of these cases here? That there's something unique about each of these guys during that championship run that those teams had, where either one of those guys was taking a step back, one of those guys was providing this very unique and specialized dynamic to what their team needed in order to be successful. Um. I mean, that's that's the other piece that we're forgetting here is that we're not talking about Marcus Smart in a vacuum. We're talking about Marcus Smart in this lineup with the Jays, with Rob Williams, hoping he's healthy, with Horford and Schroeder coming off the bench, right? With an upcoming Neesmith out ready to snipe from behind the three-point line. You know, we don't need a third 20 point score. We don't need, you know, him to be either the the Kyrie to Harden and Durant or the even the the Draymond to Clay and Steph, right? Marcus Smart's got two very unique in my opinion, two very unique superstars cuz I consider both the Jays to be Obviously, Jason's ascended to a level that is currently perceived and and accepted by the general public and probably objectively is at a level above Jalen and I get it. Jalen's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. And and that man's not slowing down his progression right now either. No, Um, definitely not. So Marcus has got two incredibly unique, 
you know, teammates that he gets to defer that that primary leadership and offensive responsibility over to. Jason Tatum's playmaking is only getting better and and continuing to grow and develop. Uh, Jalen probably not going to necessarily be as clever a creator, especially off the dribble, as either one of those guys. But he's shown an an ableness and willingness to make the pass. No We've doubt. got Al Horford and Robert Williams in that center position, two of the better passing bigs in the entire league. You know, this is a this is a unique roster that requires a unique point guard. And just as Draymond Green is a very unique point forward for that Warriors team, I think Marcus Smart is that really unique point guard that this team has kind of needed, but always kind of just in the interest of getting star power in Boston, we've kind of stifled Marcus's ability to, to lock himself into that role. Because that's the other thing that those other point guard comparisons have over him, too, is they've spent their entire careers being the primary facilitators and ball handlers on their squads. Marcus Smart, even since his rookie year, has had to lean into his versatility to play other positions, including the forward position, to fit in with rosters that are featuring all-star point guards already. Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie, Kemba. So, whereas we're looking to compare his you know, stats and numbers and performance with some other elite point guards, one of the reasons I really like that Draymond comparison is because, again, Marcus, unlike those other guards, has been playing uniquely out of position for his entire career. Um, so, you know, I think you make good points too. And I think, you know, it's, you're, you're coming at this thing from the very rational perspective yeah, that I appreciate I have the from you, my argument. man. Uh, well, let me, let me just, let me put a final touch. Cause I looked up these stats. So I want to use it. Love it. Let me take you back to the 1920 bubble playoffs. The bet, maybe the best stretch Marcus Smart has ever played in the playoffs. And really, I, I didn't really remember how good he was until I looked back at the stats. 14 and a half, 5.2 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 55.2 true shooting percentage. Pretty good. I mean, not amazing, but pretty solid for, I mean, that would be easily Smart's best, you know, career best season in, in whole, yep. right? He was our fourth best player, right? Because Hayward didn't play. And it wasn't enough. So we would take that from him and say, wow, Smart's playing great. And even as our fourth best player, that was not enough to get past the Heat. Wasn't even enough to get to the finals. And we were begging for someone to take the ball and make plays because Kemba was playing on one leg, essentially, when, once we got to the Heat. So I think you could make an argument Smart was our third best player against the Heat. And it wasn't enough. And if and you can make the argument Tatum and Brown are better, but Tatum averaged 25, 10, and 5 in that round. I mean, he was pretty incredible. So, I mean, I do think we have kind of seen him as our third best player in the playoffs, and he, he wasn't good enough. But we haven't seen him with a new contract. That's true. <laughs> and and I, I think to your point, like, I, I think that Smart can be on some nights our third best player in the playoffs. And other nights not have to be, and will be very successful. I'm just not sure when we say third all star, right? We really mean like this unequivocally, this guy's our third best player. You can't make an argument for anyone else. I just don't think he's ever going to be that guy. But I, I, you came at it, man. I've really liked your art. It's funny we, we looked at the exact same comparisons. That makes you laugh. Was and, that your third one too? No, I didn't have Draymond. Okay. Uh, I, lo- I actually did look at Draymond for a second, but I was like, nah, he plays center. <laughs> So I had an argument lined up once you brought him up because I That's did look fantastic. at him. I also looked at maybe talking about Siakam too, but mm-hmm. I think to your point, it's like that doesn't really make sense. But yeah, yeah. Uh, sh- shout out to user Warlando Bloom. He wrote actually a post about a week ago that listed like here's the last you know ten finalist teams who's their third best player and compared them to Smart. Uh, and I actually searched that for that post and, and looked it up to get some ideas. So nice. shout out to Warlando. I Bloom. saw that too. Yeah, that was a good. That was yeah. a good write up. It was. It really was. So. I felt. I felt a little triggered too because I was like, man, I've been I, like, I had that in the back of my mind, and then I saw. I saw that that, that got posted. I was like, ah, oh, beat me to it. 
I almost you sent it, it to you. I almost sent it to you too. Yeah. I didn't though. Yeah. Well, I'm glad but we got the chance to. I, I'm glad we got to shout him out then on the on the pod because that's that's yeah. good work. And uh, and all I'm saying is that my heart is all in on Marcus Smart's All Star season this year. It's it's I, happening. There's nothing more I want to be wrong about in my entire life. You I see, hope and to at the God end of the day, he makes me look dumb. <laughs> at the end of the day. That's why that's why you got to love it. You know what I mean? Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> there's no there's no losing to this because yeah. here's the thing. If it does end up that that these contracts are really just positioning for a trade down the road to bring on a guy like Bradley Beal, which we can spend another episode on a Bradley Beal debate because um, I might be on the the not in favor side of that one, especially if it means giving up a guy like Marcus Smart or a guy like Robert Williams. But ultimately right like if this if he does take that step forward if he does take this opportunity it does give him the chance to shine in a way that he just hasn't had to this point i mean what more poetic and beautiful story can there be for a celtic fan than to see a guy like marcus smart just blossom like like again kind of like kyle lowry did later in his career like kyle lowry didn't come out and blow people away in his first five six seasons uh, it wasn't until he really settled into to how his style of play was going to relate to the NBA in like his sixth or seventh season that he started being a boss and being a you know consecutive All Star. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just smart... don't see a reason why Smart can't be on that same kind of trajectory, especially because in his case, I think it's been a lot of not even his own self inflicted circumstances. Some maybe. I mean, he punched a few extra things than he needed to in those first few years <laughs> some glass really got it <laughs> I, I will say I, I think you make a really great point that we've kind of been unfair to Marcus about his role because we've asked him to do essentially everything on the basketball court I mean there was a playoff game where Millsap had like 45 and Brad's like go get him Marcus and it worked <laughs> you know? like that's crazy <laughs> so I do think he's gonna have a wonderful year I just not quite I, don't, I just don't think it's gonna be quite to that level but I do think we're gonna all talk about how wow Smark is playing Smarkus Smarkus Mar is <laughs> playing awesome this year and then we're gonna follow that up with Celtics J had it right the whole time and yeah. that'll just i'm gonna enjoy the pod when we have everyone just in a go in a circle and just reflect on celtics jay had it right from the jump like he saw it so let's let's put the the argument to rest we're gonna let some games get played and we'll come back to this and we'll uh we'll keep tabs on it throughout the season and we'll see uh we'll, we'll keep we'll keep tabs on it but let's transition a little bit here uh you know it's off season and so you gotta love off season in the Celtics Reddit sub uh, because some of these posters are just. I'm a fan of comedy, right? So it yeah. was user Pitboy19 posted, ask me a Celtics related question, then edit it to make me look bad. And threads like this, I love this stuff. So folks out in the sub, just know when you start posting this nonsense. I'm about that life, and I'm going to shout it out on the pod. I'm going to have to. Um, so I did. I shared this with you as well, letting you know that I wanted to at least bring this up during the pod, and uh, I wanted to get a chance to to showcase a couple of the highlight comments that came out of it. Let's kind of go back and forth on this. Sure. Which uh, what's one that stood out for you as far as uh, so the premise here is folks. Folks are asking Pitboy19 a question. He's giving a, a thoughtful, rational response to it. Yeah. But then the original. Uh, commenters going back changing their question to make it ridiculous make him look and, stupid yeah and there was some fire that came out so what's one that stood out to you spoons all right so this one is isn't a funny one this is actually a comment down one of the threads a little bit but it made me it was like exactly how i was feeling when i was reading this and it's x user x aguilar 95 says i joined this thread knowing damn well what the purpose of it was but my josh still dropped when i saw this had to remind myself and reading through these I, some of these i was like oh my god what does this guy think right okay yeah it got edited <laughs> chill chill out man so i just want to set the table with like i could not help myself but get infuriated at some of these um but the one that that's actually under is Warlando Bloom again. Shout out, big episode for Warlando. <laughs> Who is the most overrated Celtic of all time? And Pip Boy obviously says, "Got to be Kevin Garnett." <laughs> and triggered, hey, yeah, big time. Well, especially now, we'll we'll talk about a little KG news in a little bit. But so, first one that that stood out to me um, was. So user uh, Spinexel, who 
I'm kind of grown. So Spinexel is as a user. Shout out to Spinexel, who I, I've kind of poked and prodded here and there, because <laughs> you know we don't always see eye to eye on takes. But I'll give Spinexel some credit because he got he's you know he or she I guess I don't necessarily know right, but he's got a good temperament about it. Uh, takes it in stride. Great so Spinexel, meme game too. Great meme game. <laughs> Spinexel uh, puts up the edited question: Who likes sucking toes? Pip Boy's response is Daniel Tice. Right below that, this is where it gets good. Right below that, <laughs> stop the mod abuse. Uh, responds with a comment tagging Fongos and saying, "Come arrest this man." Fongos gets into the thread and just goes, "Oh my god." <laughs> chaos absolute chaos like you walked in on a dead body i love it i love it and i i, I love that fongo's just like responded in like the most fongo's way possible yeah, yeah. <laughs> pure offense and i don't know what it is but when i read some of these threads like i just feel the vibe coming from it and it's like yeah, I don't yeah. Know. you it's know just, exactly how he said it the tone and everything yeah um all right, I've got one that was honestly almost made me throw up in my mouth, even though, again, I know it's edited. User KG Better Duncan, who would you trade Tatum and Brown for? Pip Boy responds, Kyrie Irving. That question could have said, who would you trade Carson Edwards and Grant Williams for? Kyrie Irving and I still would have hated it because I hate Kyrie Irving and I want him nowhere near this team even the idea the thought of us trading back for Kyrie Irving makes me physically ill even when it's in a joke comment thread like that so get that out of my face delete that comment that is like trolling 101 right there stirring the 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 hornet's nest of of Boston fandom right there uh one so Sonic's foreskin and in a second, I think we're going to notice I'm sorry, why. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> User Sonic's foreskin, which is foreshadowing of the, the, the question that's uh, to come. I, I think I know which one this is. <laughs> User Sonic's foreskin. Just going to keep shouting that username because that's, that's gold right there. Who on the Celtics would you like to give you a hand job? And Pip-Boy19's obvious response is obviously Rob Williams. With his win- wingspan, he makes it look easy. which is so on point like it's a a really like he answered that question almost it's just the rational response (laughs) yeah it's a guy's got great wingspan soft hands too it's too much guy catches everything we've lost Um, all composure we have i've only got one more so listeners please keep holding on we're almost done Uh, user Beantown Tommy, who do you think has shown a lot of promise these past couple years and should be the first guard off the bench? To which Pip Boy responds, Carson Edwards, come on now. Uh, and obviously, I wouldn't even trade Carson Edwards for Kyrie Irving, so I think it's clear he's, he's carved out a role for the team. Carson was great in Summer League. He shot almost 30% from three. Almost Solid. 30% from three. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Maybe maybe a solid fourth star, right? Bringing oh, it all together. Yeah, after Marcus, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the the last one I got was um like painfully ho- wholesome, like kind of wholesome, but then also kind of dark in the same way. And it was a uh, user who are you two thirteen asked the question, who would you trade to get Beal? And Pit Boy nineteen responded, Deuce. And it's like, oh, oh come on, come man. On. I mean, I'd do that trade, but <laughs> that's it. What? Get out of here. You seen that cute kid? Come on. That kid is adorable. You can't be. He's not going to be in the league for 16 years, man. <laughs> it's like a 2045 draft pick. It's out of hand. I can't let Tatum hear this one. <laughs> I know he's an avid listener too. big fan of the pod. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. Just, yeah, you know, just too. to keep everyone aware, you know, it's big time. All right. So again, shout out to to folks like like Pip Boy 19 that are putting together some fun uh you know some fun content out there for us to to enjoy and, and get a good laugh cuz again, it's off season. We got to keep it lively. Yeah. Um listen, I don't want to I don't want to drag on too much here. Uh how about a couple of quick hits uh just sure. kind of looking at the off season and then looking ahead at, you know, we got training camp and and all that coming up. Uh I just want to throw, you know, I know we had talked about bringing up the schedule as far as the schedule goes. Um, I think 
user Boston Basketball Boys posted, uh, made a post that summed it up pretty good. Celtics getting dad dicked again by the schedule makers. So obviously 15, we've got some <laughs> 15 back to backs the most yeah. in the league i mean so, what the hell some some commenters uh within that thread and, it, and i apologize for not not recording all the different usernames for it but i did see some folks commenting like some of the balance where we're not we don't have as many of like the five in seven uh that other teams have where you're playing five games in seven nights or i think it's san antonio has like eight games in 12 days Damn. So we don't have any of those kinds of rough stretches, but yeah, we did get a lot of the back-to-backs. And from that, I really loved a user Gallivant's uh, comment. He made the prediction, Kemba will not play for the Celtics on second nights of back-to-backs this season. Just throwing it bold out there. Bold take, bold take. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I'll say about the, the schedule is we start with the Knicks. So I cannot wait for Kemba to have a good game. And ever, the narrative changed to the Celtics were stupid for getting rid of Kemba, him not having a good year, but that narrative never changing because that's how it works with the Celtics for some reason. Whatever makes us look bad is the prevailing narrative. So he's just got to have like 22, even in a loss. And it's going to be like, the Celtics suck. They're dumb. Why'd they get rid of Kemba? And even if he breaks his leg the next day, it won't matter. It won't change. So I know that's going to happen. You know why I know it's not going to happen? Because <laughs> Smart's going to lock him up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. Because Marcus Smart's going to say, this is my spot now. He's not going to get shown up on day one on the job right. by the guy that All he right. just replaced. Get out of here. A lot of switching, though. We switch a lot. Well, we'll see if we do this year with Eme, that's good. But Listen, that game is going to be a blast, though. Because it's going to be fun. I'm it's, looking it's forward to it. It's going to be a fun match opener. And all, all joking aside, I'd love to see Kemba have a good game. I really Me would. Too. Like, Me I'd, too. I'm not mad at dude. I just think that we're a better team without him on the on the squad. I hope but he I averages. Well. I hope he averages 35 and they go 0 and 82. Perfect. That sounds yeah. lovely. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that. Um, the only other, the only date on the schedule that really stands out to me. I'm not a big like schedule projector. I'm not of, either. Like, I'm not either. But there's there's one day, and I said we were going to get to this. That's standing out, and it's March 13th. Do you know why? Come on. Oh, KG retirement KG. ceremony. Yeah, hang them Listen, in the rafters. Anything is possible. We're gonna have to start throwing emojis on the back of our <laughs> on the back <laughs> of our jerseys instead of numbers soon here. But I mean, KG's a legend. I think he completely deserves it. I wish I could be in the house for that. So, who do you, as best as you can, try to predict who's going to like give the speech for him? I think it'll be Pierce. You think it'll be Pierce? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they? I mean, he Pierce is having KG do his Hall of Fame, right? Is he? I, I didn't. I didn't hear I, that. Yeah, yet. I, I think. I think KG is. Uh, That's a bold choice. People. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's a bold choice. So I, I think it'll be Pierce. Yeah, I think they're still really tight. How about you? All right. I I thought he might bring Rondo. Maybe just just because him and Doe. Like, first of all, I love how he calls him Doe. Because yeah. like KG saying dough, there's something about that just sounds like the realest shit in the world. He's the coolest dude on the fucking planet, man. Like, like, like when you got KG calling you abbreviated, you know, like that's yeah. when you know you've made it to a certain like, Oh, for sure. Like Rondo's career went to another level when KG just started referring to him as dough. Yeah, yeah, he started immediately started turning into playoff Rondo. Um, so over under on whether or not Ray Allen's going to show up and be present for this under i don't think he will i don't think he'll be there i hope he does right i hated ray when he went to the heat but uh those wounds have healed it's was a while ago so i hope he comes out why not that would be poetic yeah but you know what paul and kg aren't guys that seem real keen on poetry i don't know i could be wrong i don't think so either yeah i don't you know so I think that's going to be an exciting night. That's going to be a lot of feels, a lot of vibes. Um, it will, it's going to yeah. be nice to tap back into some of that 2008 energy that obviously everyone is fiending for again. I'm looking ahead at this upcoming season, and I'm, I'm my cupeth overflow with optimism right now. I just can't help myself. I mean, same. I'm unapologetically optimistic, but I talk myself into this just like this every year. I talked myself into believing Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson were going to be difference makers in a really Me significant too. way last year. 
So, listen, to listeners out there, I just want it to be known. I'm not coming on this podcast to talk to y'all and try to give you, like, the world's best take on a thing. I'm just trying to be that unapologetic, passionate fan that's just being real about how I'm feeling about this team. Because I think, ultimately, like, that's what we're in this for, right? Like, it's not about whether you're right or wrong in every given take. Like, you're not going to be. Because, ultimately, we don't know these guys personally. We don't know the coaches personally. Like, we're not attached in that way. We're not, like, one of these um, name-brand news dynamics that are getting all the press passes. Not to say that we shouldn't get them, you know? Yeah, hit out us there. up. Hit us up, PR team. <laughs> but, like... You know, we're we're the we're the Celtics podcast uh, like speakeasy. You know, we're given we got that different vibe. You know, we're not coming at it super formal. You know, we're trying to give uh, we're trying to give something that that's got some polish, you know, at least a little bit, but not so much so that we're not willing to just be passionate over yeah you know and and just be supportive of the team like we can be critical at times but not at the expense of of being in love with with the organization you know save for if if the organization was you know obviously part of some kind of nonsense right like the teams in the 90s were really tough to root for at different times fortunately i was young enough to not really know the difference and how like players are getting treated and how you know fans are getting treated and and all that kind of stuff like i was too young during the early 90s to really pick up on any of that stuff but i've been as a a young adult and a maturing adult grown to appreciate the celtics organization and how they put together this team even during those danny Ainge years where i wasn't always a fan of how he treated players and agents uh, but I got it. Like it at least made sense, and there was some consistency. It's not like he treated people differently. Like he treated everyone kind of the same, as far as that goes. Um, but I like I like the vibe that we got. I like that we seem to be really player focused um, and emphasizing culture and community overall else, and letting that speak for itself out on the court. I think guys like like uh, Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown really exemplify that and so having guys like that on the squad to support guys like tatum um i just think it is a beautiful thing to be a part of i'm excited and proud as a fan so i'm looking forward to what's next and uh you know hopefully going into preseason we'll have a whole lot of hype videos timmy get to work (laughs) yeah right i mean yeah just i mean being fan, being a fan is supposed to be fun, right? It's not super fun to be negative and mad about the team all the time. And the second it stops being fun, you should probably stop following the team. So Give it a break for at least a yeah, minute. Gi- yeah, give it a little bit of break until we trade for Beal or something, right? <laughs> See, Deuce that's for Beal, who says no. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we're going to have for tonight. Listen, uh, really ap- appreciate all those folks that are taking the time out to, to join us for the podcast. You know, it re- it's really helpful if you take a, a minute and follow us or or subscribe, you know, get linked up for the updates when shows are getting posted. Do have an eye out on Timmy's YouTube channel where we are currently posting these shows in a video format as well. We're coming up in the world. We're rising. It's happening. That's right. Uh, championship season for the celtics and the celtics reddit podcast it's it is happening it starts now and we're all in this together so with that i just want to say uh you know again thanks everybody and mr wayne spoonie thank you again for joining tonight love your work my man thanks for having me jay it was fun all right have a good night everybody we'll see you next time